This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? pitch. Swing and a miss. Through the fastball right by him and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight K's for the Cardinal Hurricanes. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And Happy New Year. Welcome to the first edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren of 2018. I'm Chris Ravi along with Mike Claiborne. Our executive producer is Ben Boyd. Mike Anderson, our producer engineer tonight. And we are so glad to be joined in studio all of this 7 o'clock hour by John Rooney. Gentlemen, Happy New Year. It's great to be talking some baseball and great to have you with us tonight. It is good to have John here as well. And it's been an interesting off season so far. Cardinals were busy at the winter meetings, and then John, everything got quiet around baseball. It did because of the holidays. Had to drink some eggnog. <laughs> and well, and, and the Cardinals are going right about but, that, right? But like, I, I'm, shut I think it down it's, over Christmas. I think it's going to uh, get a lot uh, more active, and probably stay active through spring training. Well, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We will be joined a little bit later in this hour by the Hall of Famer, Rick Hummel. We're going to talk about the Baseball Writers' Dinner coming up as the uh, winter warm-up is rapidly approaching. We'll talk about some of the moves we've seen and what we expect to see. Bruce Levine in Chicago with a report today connecting the Cardinals to Jake Arrieta. Eric Hosmer, of course, with a couple of offers. Uh, so a lot simmering on the hot stove right now. In our second hour, Brian Kenny of MLB Network will join us. We'll talk with the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Jack Morris, and also... Klaibs, uh, a great conversation we have with Craig Unger and Peter Freund, the Memphis Redbirds, and how thrilling it was to see the Redbirds have the season that they had, the pipeline not only continuing, but just for that city, Memphis, and that ballpark and that organization, it was great to see all the hard work that so many people have put in pay off in so many different ways. And you know what, Chris? They might be as good this year. Uh, but it was fun to With watch it. With the revolving door of yeah, players. It was fun to watch it. And so many guys got experience last year um, that I think they can certainly contend again. But for a community, a city like Memphis, to have a champion of their own, uh, there's nothing like it, especially the first one. All right, so we got a lot to talk about. If you have questions with John Rooney in the house, you can text us at 436-7900. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs on sale now and feature the top promotions of 2018. Choose from the opening day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, T-shirt pack, and more. Packs start at just $48. Get yours now at cardinals.com slash packs. John is with us all this 7 o'clock hour. We're just getting started, and we're back after this on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren of the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on KMOX. 
The Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up, Saturday, January 13th through Monday, January 15th. Purchase winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. Of course, always one of the great parts of the winter warm-up weekend is the Baseball Writers' Dinner this year, the 60th annual. It's going to be at Union Station Hotel on Sunday, January 14th. We'll talk about that coming up. John Rooney is with us here in the 7 o'clock hour. John, uh, again, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. And one of the more intriguing off-seasons already for not just the Cardinals, but I think around Major League Baseball in terms of how some stuff has developed already at the winter meetings, but how I think the industry is still waiting on a lot of dominoes to fall. And I think the interest in baseball is bigger and better than ever, Chris, because of what we saw in the postseason last year. We had some high-scoring games. We had some close ball games all the way through the World Series. We had a lot of long games, a too. A lot of long games and a lot of home People runs. People were staying uh, up to watch them. Almost looking like backyard uh, wiffle ball baseball games <laughs> with some of the home runs. But the fans really enjoyed it, and the ratings were good. And the interest, uh, I thought, was bigger and better than ever. And I thought that carried over into the general managers' meetings, the winter meetings. And I think that will carry over and uh, play all the way through spring training when we get those rosters set and see what kind of team the Cardinals have when we go to City. Field. Well, you know, one of the things that we're still trying to figure out what the roster is going to look like. But I, I'll tell you another thing, John, that we we see a lot and we talk a lot about is the changes in coaches and managers around the game. And, you know, obviously here in St. Louis, Willie McGee and Jose Okendo will be back uh, in a Cardinal uniform. Brian Eversgerd and Mike Maddox will be on the staff. But you look at some other teams, they made some some changes, too. We saw a lot of places uh, decided to go in a different direction. And I think that makes the game fun, and, and especially in the offseason. Well, a couple of different coaches up in Chicago. As mm-hmm. uh, bench coach is now the manager of the Washington Nationals, Davey Martinez, and a new pitching coach with uh, Basio uh, being moved on. And uh, now Hickey has been reunited with Madden. So uh, changes with the division-winning Cubs. But I like the fact that you have Cardinals, Mike Matheny, and you have Willie McGee, and you have Jose Okendo. I mean, these are Cardinals right off the top that will be leading that team. And Mike Maddox uh, has always been an interesting coach in my mind. And uh, Greg Maddox, of course, the Hall of Famer. I mean, what a pitching family that is with uh, Mike's experience as a coach. And and he's going to bring that to St. Louis and uh, a very interesting sense of humor as well. I look forward to that. Let's talk about the staff for a moment. And the first news that we got, John, was that Jose Okendo would return and that Willie McGee would be joining the staff. Mike Schilt would be the bench coach. Were you surprised? John Mozeliak said he was shocked when he heard that Willie McGee was ready to join the club as a full-time coach. We know the work that he puts in at spring training and the work that he does traveling from organization to organization throughout the minor leagues. But the time must be right for Willie and his family uh, to take this on, and I think the Cardinals and, and especially the front office are thrilled that he's ready. He's a very good teacher, Chris, and he mentioned this during his Hall of Fame time here in St. Louis with the Cardinals Hall of Fame, that the kids were getting older, that it just might be time to get a little more involved and, and to do what he does so well. What a great player he was, and now he is able to take that experience and, and what he likes to do best is communicate with the young players. They listen to Willie McGee. And he's watched all these kids in the minors in spring training. John, you and I and Chris watch Willie. And I've said before, you know, when they come out the field, Willie's sweating harder than a lot of kids he's teaching. And 
they all seem to listen to him, that's for sure. And I think the fact that he's having an impact on their careers at an early stage and now they all get to the big leagues at the same time, I think it's going to certainly be a plus. One thing I've learned over the years with players and coaches and especially players being coachable, that yeah. if a coaching staff or a manager convinces the player, look, you may not like this approach, but believe me, it's going to help you. I've seen some players that uh, Jose Okendo has worked with. I wasn't sure they were going to buy in, but once they did, they became much, much better in the field. And and that's what we have with this Cardinal coaching staff. We have guys who can communicate and get the word across. Uh, Ali Marmol, Mike Schilt, and uh, with what Mike has to work with now, Mike Matheny is a manager. He has guys that uh, are on the same page with him in letting the players know this is what we're trying to do, and we're going to help you every way we can to get better. How much of an impact do you think Jose's return could have? Obviously, his health is right. That's one of the biggest factors because he said he didn't want to be half a coach after he had to have the total knee replacement. But where we've seen the Cardinals uncharacteristically struggle over the last couple of years are the fundamentals of the game. And we've heard so many players, whether they're everyday players, they're transitioning to a new position, they have credited Jose with the day-in and day-out help to make them better. And that's what I think the Cardinals haven't really had, which is surprising over the last two years. One word, accountability. I think that he'll make players more accountable. And once they understand what accountability is all about and they see the results that come with it, they'll be more effective players. And to be fair, I thought the base running improved a little bit toward the second half of the season to the end. The fielding got better. I saw positive signs toward the end of the year that kept the Cardinals in a playoff situation where they were knocking on the door all the way to the very end, the final weekend of the season. And that's because they did clean up various aspects of the game. I think that will continue to improve under this particular coaching staff. Now, Uh, How about the addition of Mike Maddox? And, you know, I don't think you want to take anything away from what the Cardinals pitching has done uh, over the last four or five years, especially with Mike Matheny taking over, but to have someone who's as respected as Mike come into the fold and who really kind of fell into the lap of the Cardinals because of the unexpected firing of Dusty Baker in Washington, maybe it's an opportunity for a new voice and some new thoughts, and and maybe you can benefit from that. Derek Lelquist did a great job when you consider he had to fill in for Dave Duncan. Look at the numbers. And what happened from that point uh, and through last year and his ability to communicate, but I think, and, and Claves, you've seen this with coaching staffs, that two of the toughest positions are hitting coach and pitching coach no on a staff, doubt. and yeah. you see a revolving door with most major league ball clubs and a lot of minor league teams and filling those roles that if you get a coach who can communicate, and and Lily did a very good job here, but uh, there are times, and, and the organization wanted to take a different approach and use uh, a few more steps with the Sabre metrics and the other information that's available out there, and we'll see how this plays out. But uh, an extremely bright person in Mike Maddox and an enthusiastic person, and uh, he's so knowledgeable that I, I'm ready to see him uh, hit the ground running. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about a new addition, Marcelo Zuna, also some of the pitching additions the Cardinals have made, and also a report today that the Cardinals could be involved in one of the biggest free agents on the market. That's next. Chris Raby with Mike Claiborne. John Rooney joining us in the 7 o'clock hour. Hall of Famer Rick Hummel still to come as well later this hour. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. We're presented by Ameren. We're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. 
This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Welcome back. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne joined in studio by John Rooney. This hour, guys, let's talk about some of the additions the Cardinals have made. And first and foremost, you look at the lineup. The Cardinals are in on the John Carlos Stanton sweepstakes. They miss out, but then pivot immediately and acquire Marcel Ozuna for Sandy Alcantara. Magnera Sierra and a couple of pitching prospects. John, your reaction after the Cardinals were able to turn the page from Stanton and acquire a player in Ozuna who's a two-time All-Star and great both offensively and defensively. I thought that was some great homework right there and getting ready with Stanton to be available to talk about Ozuna or Yelich or any number of players that Miami had available. Here's uh, Derek Jeter with a whole new administration, a whole new TV broadcast team, and and a whole lot of things going he's on in Miami. a lot on his plate. A lot on his plate, and I think he still has a lot that he wants to accomplish before he gets to that level where he's building his organization. And part of that is dealing away Stanton and Ozuna, maybe Yelich, maybe several other players before that's all said and done. But by being in on the running for Giancarlo Stanton, they were able to uh, have the players in place that Miami wanted to make a deal for Ozuna and maybe talk about some other players. So I thought that was uh, time well spent. I, I I agree. And when you look at Ozuna, a guy that we watch every year in spring training, he always stood out to me as far as being a good player. But the other thing that really kind of piques me, my interest is the fact that how often does a team like the Cardinals have everything in place asset-wise where – They've got enough players to move in order to make one, two, three, maybe four deals and still not hurt themselves for the future. I mean, it's it seldom do you see it happen. And when it does, and we'll go back and let's take the Cubs, for instance, a couple of years ago. They moved a lot of players, prospects, in order to get people who could help them now. And now they look at their situation, and the coverage's not as, as as plentiful as they would like for it to be. But they got their world championship, and, and you know what? It's worth it to you. It, yeah. it, it accomplished another thing. The Cardinals got that big TV deal put away a few years ago, where they knew it was coming, but didn't spend that money. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very wise. Where we saw other teams who were approaching a TV deal or just starting a TV deal yeah. play. You know, let's make a deal right now and. The sky's the limit. Uh, money is no object. And they don't have a championship or a division or, in some cases, uh, maybe a wild card to show for all the money that was spent. So I, I thought that was very good planning as well. And we'll see how that all plays out as uh, roster takes shape again for opening day at City Field. So you take on Ozuna over the next two years. It gives you more financial flexibility as you're not taking on Stanton and his mammoth $300 million contract. You're able to add Miles Michaelis. You had Luke Gregerson in the bullpen as well. And then earlier today on our flagship station, Sister Station 670, the score in Chicago, Bruce Levine, who covers the Cubs and the White Sox, reporting this. The latest uh, sourcing I have on this, and it's a good one, is that the, both the Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals are in and having conversations in depth with uh, the agent for Jake Arrieta, who is the very famous Scott Boris. And uh, it appears that, uh, you know, from the reporting from Bob Nightingale of USA Today, that the asking price right now or the offering price from the Cubs is four years and $27 million per, uh, which gets you around $110 So it can't surprise you guys that 
The Cardinals are still involved in the pitching market, whether it be starting pitching or relief pitching. We know that a closer and multiple closers have been connected to the Cardinals. And again, with not taking on Stanton's deal, you do have a little bit of flexibility and some financial flexibility if you want to make a move in the free agent market. Hold on. Uh, hello, Bruce. Is that um, <laughs> is that source Scott Boros? <laughs> hello. Yeah, Bruce and I worked together for about six, seven years doing a baseball show in Chicago. His sources are very good, very but it wouldn't surprise reporter. me if it uh, the source was the agent himself. I don't think there's any question that you have to put him at the top of that list, and, and that's what he that's what he he does because you got to find a dance partner. You have to find some competition, and that doesn't mean that the Cardinals and the Cubs haven't had conversations with them, but it might go along the line of, "Hey, you like my guy." Yeah, I think he's a good player. Good. Now, all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you hear, well, the Cardinals and the Cubs are interested, and maybe it didn't go that far, but he's trying to find some interest. And, you know, you said something earlier, John, that we, we're going to have some guys signing right before spring training. It seems like everything has been moved back a bit. Some people are going to get antsy, and Scott Boris controls this offseason as far as free agents are concerned with all the good players that he has. So, He's just trying to get the pot stirred a little bit, and we'll see who takes the bait and who doesn't. Would Ariel look good the rotation? You bet he would. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, too, especially with some of the young pitchers that the Cardinals have coming up, whether it's Luke Weaver, Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, maybe a Jordan Hicks down the road. Hey, there's some good pitchers on the way. There's yeah. no question. Sure, but you wouldn't be surprised if maybe they want to bring in a veteran to help bridge the gap and throw some innings because – we can always talk every offseason about we've got eight, nine, ten candidates for the rotation. But as Mo says, you can never have enough pitching. And this organization have found themselves in the last couple of years at the trade deadline having to go out and find yeah. some innings. I mean, look at guys like Bob Forsh and Chris Carpenter who set the tone for Cardinal pitching staffs for, for many, many years here in St. Louis. Just the way they went about business made those young pitchers grow up and grow up in a hurry. And, and I think the other X factor, if you're really into Arietta, to have him and an Adam Wainwright on the same staff mm-hmm. to work with so many of these young pitchers you talk about, Chris, and guys we've seen develop over the last couple of years, is, it's got to be a plus for your future as well. And that was my next point. You have a guy like Adam Wainwright who has been there as a World Series closer who has been there as a gold glove fielding pitcher, a silver slugger oh, award winner, remind you about a 20 game slugger. winner. Don't worry. Hey, that's all right. There, yeah. There is one who can share a lot with the young pitchers that if you add uh, another pitcher or two with that kind of experience, uh, it can only help. Well, let's talk about some of the in-house candidates when we come back, some of the guys the Cardinals will have, and a returner that could add some intrigue to the mix that'll be next the 2018 cardinals official calendar spotlights the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to your favorite cardinals birthdays on sale now throughout the metro st louis area notably bush stadium team store cardinals clubhouse shops and area grocers or call 314-345-9000 and we'll give a cardinals 2018 calendar away right now to the fifth caller at 314-531 1120. We're back with more with John Rooney next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on KMOX. We're back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game ticket packs on sale now. They feature the best promotions of 2018. Choose from the Opening Day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, t-shirt pack, and more. They start at just $48 Get yours now at cardinals.com slash packs. Guys, we were talking pitching, and aside from the options the Cardinals 
have carrying over from last year. I want to ask you both about Alex Reyes. He underwent Tommy John surgery in February last year. We kind of didn't talk about it over the course of the year. For a lot of teams, that would be an incredible blow, but the Cardinals just marched forward. The rehab has gone well. John Mozeliak and company have said it might be a May return for Reyes, but how big of a difference maker, John, could Reyes be whether he starts in the bullpen or whether he is thrust into the rotation for the Cardinals this year? Well, I think uh, from a psychological standpoint, it's a big lift for the ball club knowing what he did before he had the injury and what he is capable of doing, period. Plus, he's had plenty of time to perform the baseball-related activities as part of his rehab and coming back. So I'm really excited to see him working toward that day, whether it is sometime in April or it is May 1st or perhaps a little later, where he comes back and starts making a contribution, perhaps out of the bullpen. Uh, That seems to be the most logical thing at this point. But he can really help a team with the stuff he has. There's no question. One of the things about last year, the, the injury took place so early in spring training that you really didn't think about him. And so now when you get him, it's a welcome addition, obviously. But as you said, John, the talent that we saw before uh, he, he got injured was something that you can't overlook. And I like the way the Cardinals are bringing him along slowly because they'd rather have bullets in the chamber for the second half of the season compared to what you would do in April. And remember Jason Mott uh, threw a 100-mile-an-hour pitch and got mm-hmm. a save at, at uh, Port St. Lucie against and the Mets and then had under, undergo surgery. And the Cardinals were able to march on from that. The Cardinals do as good a job as anyone of saying we are going to play with the people who are available. And when we get the other players back, that's fine. Then we're a better team. But uh, perhaps we'd better worry about today. And the Cardinals do a great job of that and preparing with the people they have. And they've had enough uh, good young talent to step up. Like what happened in Memphis? You touched on that very early on the program. It reminds me of the days with John Jay and Descalzo and Alan Craig and that group that went to the AAA World Series and and performed so well and then came to the major league level helping the Cardinals uh, playing deep in October and into World Series. And that's a, a taste that the young players were able to enjoy and learn. Learning how to win is a tough thing in any sport. Well, they expected to win no matter the roster makeup. And that can only play into the Cardinals' hand as those players graduate to the big league level. Well, I think to, to, to take it one step further, this Memphis bunch this year, all those guys now have a taste of it. So they won't be in awe when they get to the big leagues and they're in a pennant race. And that's something that we, we take for granted and how things change when you're in the middle of something that you've never experienced before. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And something we're going to see in Jupiter, having that kind of experience they're going to go into spring training expecting yes. to make this ball yes. club, which will make it very interesting on on Mo and Michael Gersh and others who are making up the roster to make a decision because they're going to be players. Who, who knows uh, what we saw from Garcia last year? Luke Voigt. Yeah. Uh, who, who knows? I just think about the moments that a lot of these players have come up. And there's one thing if you're an organization and you're bringing prospects up in September and you're 15 games out of a divisional race, and you're giving the fans a little something to get excited about, and you're getting some seasoning. But with Reyes especially, in 2016, when you literally needed to win almost every game to stay in the race, I remember, I believe it was a Sunday afternoon game in San Francisco, one of his last starts, middle of September, seven shutout innings against the Giants, and he just looked like he belonged. And the fact that He had to deal with the surgery and the injury last year. That's one thing. But so many of these guys that are 22, 23, 24 years old, 
have not just seasoning, but they've got it in big moments, and they've got it in playoff chase moments over the last couple of years. You know, was John, if I'm not mistaken, that was a series where the Giants were having their way with the Cardinals, and he kind of stopped the bleeding. Game they, they had to have, on Friday night, right? Game they had to have, and and with what he has been able to learn, that, I, I guarantee you that helped him through yeah. this rehab process, like uh, dangling the carrot out there. I know what I can do, and that's the way he approached. Uh, and and from what I've heard of his rehabbing and and his uh, approach to getting ready for spring training, that's all positive, and I think that can only help him. And what did you guys see from Michael Waka last year? Because we have seen him as good as any pitcher in Major League Baseball. Last offseason, he changed his workout regimen. He changed his throwing regimen over the course of the year. He looked great last year at times. He dealt with what every pitcher deals with. But if you can have a healthy Michael Waka into the season, who can give you 30 starts, who can show the stuff, the velocity, uh, the secondary pitches that he showed, that could be a massive, massive asset for the Cardinals. Yes, but I'm going to take it one step further because I, I need Michael Walker to give me more than five innings. And if he's not going to be able to do that, then that's my guy that I'm going to put in the bullpen to be that that real stopper, a guy who throws 95-plus, a guy with a great changeup, a guy who can throw a curveball and get you out. That's a lot for a hitter to process late in the ball game. Now, you might say, well, that, that's that's not something you want him to do. But, John, I think, man, you, you get in a pinch. That's a guy that I'd like to see in the bullpen because you know he can give you more than one inning, and he's got a, a number of weapons. Now, you may want to get paid a little bit more, but he might be worth it. Yet you see a performance like he gave the Cardinals at City Field with his first major league shutout, mm-hmm. and you say, I want to see that about eight exactly. to ten times. Yeah. And then maybe something a little bit less about another eight to ten times and then see him figure it out another eight to ten times on how to get into the sixth or seventh inning and give his team a chance to win. Then you're talking about a guy who could be an ace of the staff. And he has that kind of capability, I think, as he grows. But staying healthy has been the big problem for him. And coming off of last season where he was healthy, uh, I think it's a big plus for Michael Walker. All right, when we come back, the commish, Rick Hummel, will join us. We'll talk the 60th annual Baseball Writers Dinner. It's coming up at Union Station Hotel on Sunday, January 14th. That's next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne, John Rooney with you. And we're back after this. We're presented by Ameren. We're on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on KMOX. Make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies, warm beaches, and Cardinals baseball packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at 1-800-892-7687 or cardinals.com slash vacations. We're back. Chris Ravey with Mike Claiborne and John Rooney. And it's a pleasure to welcome the Hall of Famer Rick Hummel to the program as we talk the 60th annual baseball writers dinner at Union Station Hotel Sunday, January 14th. You can go to St. Louis BBWAA.com or MetroTix.com or call 314-534-1111 for tickets. Rick, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm fine, Chris. How are you? We're doing great. And John uh, and Rick, I know that this event is just fantastic. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You guys raise some great money for some fantastic causes. And, uh, John, this is uh, as impressive a 
guest and recipient list as I think we've seen in a long time. Well, Rick, it is a good list, and it, it is a great cause when you're talking about scholarships and and future reporters and writers and uh, people in our business. But this is the 60th annual Baseball Writers' Dinners, and, and you're going through the decades this year of Cardinal Baseball. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, several people from each decade coming back. I think we have a total of 18 or 20 probably of of those six decades. Uh, and uh, a few current award winners from, from this year's team and a couple other uh, award winners, too. We have uh, Dee Gordon will get the Lou Brock Award. And Lou Brock, I think, will be on hand to present that award, which will be quite a, a moment for all of us, I think. And uh, and then we're talking about possibly having the Silver Slugger uh, Awards made to uh, Wainwright. And uh, if Ozuna is there, he would get that and a gold glove, too. Ricky, will Dee Gordon be there? Dee Gordon will be there, yeah. It's, it's probably the last time he can win the Brock Award now. It's for the National League Stolen Base Champion since he now plays for the Mariners. I guess that Billy Hamilton will be the guy that everybody will look at in the National League if he I stays so. in the National I League. I guess so. You know, the guy from the Brewers won a couple years ago, uh, Villar. Uh, yeah. Villar, until, until he went to the bench last year and couldn't win. <laughs> kind of hard to steal from there. <laughs> hey, Rick, you, you've been involved in this dinner for a number of years. Uh, what are some of the minute, moments that you you think about that it's been fun for you? Because the, these things have been colorful for so many years, but I'm sure there's something that stood out for you. Oh, I, I go way back to uh, the byplay between like, Stan Musial and, and Warren Spahn when – Musil was bragging about how much he could hit Spawn, and Spawn said he just let him hit so he could pick him off first base. You know, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that was that was priceless. And then the night we had McGuire get the major award, we had we were over at the old Millennium or Clarion or what Regal, whatever it was called then, and uh, we managed to shoehorn twenty two hundred people into a room. Fire marshals were aghast at that decision and. So we didn't have that many people there anymore either. But uh, those were a couple moments that stood out. Pretty nice venue with the Union Station Hotel, and it's coming up on Sunday, January fourteenth. And ticket prices are one fifty, two hundred, and two fifty. And you can get a pretty good discount if you combine that with the winter warm up, can't you, Rick? Yeah, the, uh, the warm up ticket at Fast is only twenty five dollars. Uh, if you add that on to the the prices you just uh, announced there, and uh, that's ordinarily a forty dollar ticket, so that's a pretty good deal. You're right. And it's the last real gathering we'll have before everybody goes to work and spring training will be around the corner. But I think more than anything else, Rick, when you can get this many, this group of people that were so much what the Cardinals have been all about in one room, that that says a lot because there's no guarantee that this will happen on a regular basis with some of the guys. And to have them all in one room in one night, there'll be a lot of great memories being shared. Yeah, I, I suspect you'll never have – all these people in the same place again. I, I can't imagine the circumstance that would that would uh, uh, happen for that. Uh, um, but you have a number of Hall of Famers, Gibby and Lou and Whitey and Tony, Bruce Suter. Uh, it, uh, Ozzy's got another commitment, but he's going to make a he's going to have a video for us. And um, so that's and Willie McGee, of course, the, the People's Choice will be on. I didn't want to overlook him. <laughs> 
Yeah, Rick, the, Rick, how has this stayed together, though? How has this dinner continued when others have fallen by the wayside, like Chicago, where Boston, New York, and St. Louis still feature this, and Dennis Gilbert has his event out in Los Angeles for bat every year, but the Cardinals uh, have been a part of this with the baseball writers, and the St. Louis chapter of the Writers Association has kept this going. Yeah, this is really, this New York and, and, and us are doing it the way that with the writers providing the, the major impetus to it. Uh, Boston has kind of outsourced its its program a little bit. The writers are involved, but but they were losing money, so they wanted to figure out another way. So uh, it's, it's we, we just try to make enough money to take care of all the journalistic charities that uh, that we have, and you've been very kind to donate your fee for many years to, the, to one of our scholarships, which is much appreciated. Um, I think that... Uh, it, I, a lot of people have, have put in a lot of hard work here, and we want we want to keep it going. Some years are better than others, and this year this year we've had kind of a slow start selling tickets. I hope that can pick up in the next eight to ten days because this is a terrific show, and I know people may be dissatisfied with what happened with the Cardinals this year, but that that year's over. Let's look ahead here. Yeah, it's the 68th annual Baseball Writers Dinner. It's at Union Station Hotel, Sunday, January 14th. Again, you can go to stlouisbbwaa.com, metrotix.com, or call 314-534-1111 for tickets. You guys are commemorating the 60th anniversary by naming and honoring the Cardinals of the decade from the 1950s to the 2010s. How do you go about um, not just naming the Cardinals of the decade, Rick, but tracking them down, getting everyone in the building? This is an incredible list of guys that you have <laughs> compiled. Yeah, we tried to. We had even bigger aspirations than this. Some people are not going to be there that we would clearly have chosen. But uh, for instance, Albert Pujols feels—I uh, don't know if the word is uncomfortable. He doesn't want to, to be honored by by us until he's through with his career with the Angels. He's given every, every indication that he would love to come back and and be at some of those dinners when he's done playing. But he feels. Like he needs to be, you know, all in 100% with the Angels and not consorting with uh, Cardinal people that he would actually probably like to consort with at this thing. So there's a few we we didn't uh, hit on, but uh, a lot of them are back, and and uh, it's uh, I think people will have a really good time. I don't know. It's uh, it's something. You know, Keith Hernandez is coming back. He hasn't been back to a writers' dinner in a long time. Ted Simmons hasn't been to a writers' dinner in a long time. So. Uh, David Eckstein is coming back. Uh, Jason Isringhausen. Uh, you know, there's there's more too. And you have your highest honor, the Red Shandings Medal. That's something you started just a few years ago, Rick. This is about the fourth one, I think, John. And, and we've decided that this is for invaluable service to to baseball. And we decided to give it to Bob Gibson, who 50 years ago had made one of the best seasons ever by a pitcher. And not only was has he been of invaluable service to baseball, but he got the rules changed by. by is 1.12 ERA, along with another few other pitchers having monster years that year, and they lowered the height of the mound from 15 to 10 inches, which is a stunning 33%, you know, adjustment in the height of the mound that from that one year. Uh, are there any other guys other than Bob Gibson and Bill Russell changing the lane in the NBA that have single-handedly changed the rules of Bob the game? Hayes in football? Uh, where they had to it's, bring in the hash marks because nobody could cover them when they split the hash marks. Those are good comparisons. I'm glad you guys brought those two other fellows up there. I, I was, that's good. I mean, that's you, you changed the rules of the game. You've had an impact on the game. Well, it's the 60th annual Baseball Writers Dinner. You guys will also honor 
Tommy Pham as the J.G. Taylor Spink St. Louis Baseball Man of the Year. And what an incredible year Tommy Pham had on the field. Maybe coming out of nowhere, didn't have a great spring training. Rick didn't make the team out of spring, was arguably an MVP candidate in the National League. And also... Always one of the most interesting quotes in the Cardinals clubhouse. His speech might be <laughs> something you want to stick around for. Yeah, that's a, you don't miss theater there, you know, because it, 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 it could go any number of ways. And, and, and uh, you don't want to, want to miss it. I'm sure Tommy is, is maybe wrestling around with a few different formats, or maybe he'll just go up there and wing it. I don't know. But you know what, Rick? We'll have some stories, we'll have some laughs, and we will have some memories that the fans will take with them, and they'll really enjoy the night. That's uh, the one thing I've uh, been able to enjoy years and years ago uh, when I was back here in the 80s, uh, working at KMOX and going to the writer's dinner with Jack Buck emceeing, and it'll be a lot of fun come Sunday, January 14th at Union Station Hotel. Yeah, it's one of the things we miss is you can't make fun of the Cubs anymore. That used to be a, a given at these things. <laughs> now you can't. <laughs> not till things change a little bit. Hey, Rick, I'm sure that not just getting the award, but uh, I'm sure over the course of this season, we're not going to hear the end of it from Adam Wainwright that he won the Silver Slugger no. because he says every spring training that this is one of his goals. And, man, did he come through last year with a couple of, you know, not just numbers and stats, but a couple of big-time hits. I think about that uh, hit he had. Oh, was it on the West Coast? Uh, a game-winning RBI. He had some big-time. Well, he had one in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, in in Pittsburgh yeah. 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 In extra innings. Yeah, as a pinch hitter, he had some. Wasn't that against Nicasio? I believe you're right. I think it might I think, have been. I'm not sure we're ever going to hear the end of Adam it Adam will be able to tell you, though, first. Hey, that he would. And, and, Rick, the one thing I thought about when I was saying that Adam Wainwright is now two years removed from the Achilles injury, he was two years removed batting. And he came back, and he came back with a storm. Oh, you're right. Now, when he good-naturedly tries to, and, well, and he will talk about the Silver Saga thing, you, you want to respond maybe by, well, you got to stay in the game long enough to bat now. <laughs> <laughs> Kamesh, we That's what I'm talking about, Kamesh. Some of those laughs, some of the stories. I'll see you at the, I'll see you at the luncheon tomorrow. Thanks, okay, Rick. Thanks. You bet, guys. That's Rick Hummel, the Hall of Famer, and again, the 60th, Annual Baseball Writers Dinner at Union Station Hotel, Sunday, January 14th. You can go to stlouisbbwaa.com, metrotix.com, or call 314-534-1111. And you can get a discount with the warm-up tickets. Tickets start at $150, $200, and $250 as well. We'll put all the information up on our Twitter at KMOX sports. John Rooney, thank you so much. What a treat. We enjoyed talking some baseball with you over the last hour. Look forward to seeing you at winter warm-up at the Baseball Writers Dinner, and then before you know it, I guess we are, uh, what, about six weeks away? Six weeks away from Jupiter, Florida. There's your countdown to uh, spring training and countdown to opening day, and Mike Anderson got us through the whole thing here this hour. John, thank you. Pleasure being with you. All right, we'll be back. Second hour, we've got a lot coming up. Brian Kenny from MLB Network is going to join us. Jack Morris, the Hall of Famer, also Craig Unger, and Peter Freund for the Memphis Redbirds. That's coming up on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? The pitch. Swing and a miss. Through the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurricanes. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. 
Hour two of the program tonight. Happy to have you with us for the first time in 2018 on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network, along with Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. An opportunity now to visit with Brian Kenny of MLB Network to talk all things, the current game, the analytical side of the game, and his book. I just wanted to write it and kind of get my my thoughts down, and I really gave no thought to... Um, anything as far as sales or where it would go, except I wanted to make it interesting. Like, I, I, I've i always found baseball fascinating, so I had a bunch of things that I wanted to say, a bunch of things that weren't out there as mainstream yet that I wanted to uh, plant my flag and say, like, this is the way I've been thinking about baseball for a long time. And you say it on TV. It's just like when you say it on radio. It kind of goes out there and it floats away. I wanted yeah. to make it a little firmer. With all sorts of ideas, uh, whether it's, you know, like old school things with batting average, but not just batting average and triple crown, but like why we did think those things were important. And there is a reason why we thought wins, pitching wins were important and errors were important and batting average was important. They were. In 19th century baseball, those things were vitally important. Those were the vital statistics. We're long past that. And then beyond that, like, okay, strategy, bullpenning, something that we're seeing now. I wrote the book, I guess, two and a half years ago, and I was actually writing it. And I said, okay, I have one last trick up my sleeve that no one is acknowledging yet, and it's bullpenning. And now we've seen it happen. Like, really, upon publishing of the book, it was, like, starting to happen. And we haven't – it hasn't totally integrated, but you can see it coming now, clearly. Were you surprised it because we're going through a transition. There are a lot of people, old school fans, who still think wins and averages are important. What do you think are the, the most important numbers people can look at now to truly assess how the game is being played? You know what? The answer to that is whatever is the state of the art, meaning you just stay fluid. There's no one magic number. There's nothing that's magic about any of it. It's just that right now, wins above replacement does the best job of giving you the total package of a player's production. It's not perfect. Uh, Defensive metrics are in there. Base running metrics are in there with the offensive metrics. And it's all context neutral, which means it doesn't matter what the score was when you did it, what inning it was, uh, where you were in the season, nothing like that. But it's still very good and it's valuable to place a number on a player. Now, for hitting... Look, it's reasonably simple that doubles matter, walks matter. you got to get them into that stew. So batting average doesn't do it. You want walks, you want doubles, you want home runs, you want triples, grounding into double plays. So weighted runs created plus is takes into account park effects. Uh, OPS plus is basically the same. It gets there in a different way, but it's about the same. They're, those numbers end up being about the same. And it tells you where a player is in regard to his league as compared to his peers, whether it's 1931 or 1998 or 2017. So those numbers, weighted runs created plus, OPS plus for hitting, and then, you know, be open to wins above replacement. And at least knowing that, um, hey, a guy like Marcelo Suna, who's in the news, instead of saying, hey, you know what, this guy hit for power, hit for average, and he fields well, I can say, you know what, he had a six-win season last year. That tells you something specific, that he is not quite an MVP, but he's better than an all-star. You know, if you're a four-win player, you're all-star. Six-win, you're kind of a star. Eight wins plus, you're an MVP candidate. So I like that there is a number affixed to it. So it's not complicated. It's just a matter of learning a, uh, a reasonably new language. You know what I, I equate it to? New math. 
when you were growing up, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little older than you, but when new math hit town, everybody panicked until somebody <laughs> said, well, wait a minute, it's just we're just doing this instead of that. And when people started to nod their heads, oh, okay, I get it now. And I, and I think in your case, in the way you explain it, some people may have put their hands and pumped the brakes a little bit until you explained it in a manner where they could actually nod their head and say, I get it now, Right. compared to wanting to fight it and be anti-sabermetric. Well, the thing is, people talk numbers already. Like, if you talk to any baseball fan and you say, hey, why do you like uh, Don Sutton? Or why did you like Stan Musial? I'll talk your language, right? Like, (laughs) It's like, I hit 331, his lifetime average. Mm -hmm. He had, you know, 3,630 hits. I think that's all accurate, by the way. It's like, yeah, think how many numbers you're throwing out there. We're already stat nerds. Just get hip to the new stats. And it's, again, not complicated. It's just that walks matter. Doubles matter, grounding into double plays, you know, and just like when you're looking at, say, Edgar Martinez, is he a Hall of Famer or not? You need to look at the new numbers because otherwise you'd have to say, look at his batting average, look at his doubles, look at his walks, look at his home runs. Nothing on its own is blowing you away, but when you put it all together, the guy was a tremendous hitter, and you knew that when you were watching him. You knew it was happening, but you kind of need, you need to count everything, and there are some numbers that count everything right now. We're visiting with Brian Kenny. You mentioned defensive metrics and how they're, not to put words in your mouth, but I think a work in progress. We're trying to get a handle on them. It's evolving. How about a player like Yadier Molina, who so much of when we talk about him, we're talking about things that are not quantifiable. We're talking about his effect on a pitching staff, his Mm -hmm. ability to call a game. Now, we can see that Billy Hamilton has success stealing against him, but how can we truly value and a couple of years ago when he was in the MVP race and you know got a fair number of MVP votes in the National League how can we continue to work to understand what his value is well we've gotten better now pitch framing is a regular part of the conversation stealing strikes revealing strikes whatever you want to call it Um, that matters only I don't know five six years ago it wasn't even part of the conversation so we're there now uh, and it's still controversial as to how much it does matter and how many runs it does bring about, although we know even from a real hardcore baseball sense, you can talk to any scout, any player, any coach, say, hey, what's the difference between a one and two count and a two one count? It's enormous. Yeah. Game, you know, baseball is a game of sequencing. Everything that happens has an enormous effect on the next thing that happens. So we know pitch framing is vitally important. Now, the rest of it, you know, catching is still a lot of the great unknown. And that's why when we even do our series in the offseason, top 10 right now, yep. I will acknowledge, if you want to tell me Salvador Perez or Yadi Molina, who, you know, off a not great offensive year, is still more valuable than yeah, Joe Maurer was like a few years ago when he was, you know, better hitting catcher and everything else, I- I'm fine with that because we don't know. And you talk about, you know, pacing, confidence in a pitcher, uh, Pitch calling, Vi- these are vitally important things. Who, who knows? We don't know. But, the, again, I, I always point out when, when – Secondary people, leads. Yeah, well, all right. When people give me a hard time on this and go, oh, we, we, you know, this isn't quantifiable, this isn't quantifiable, I, I try to say, hey, look, the trick isn't to find things that are difficult to quantify. That's easy. That's the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. It, everything is difficult <laughs> to quantify. But look at where we are. We're much better than we used to be, and uh, there's going to be a little – I think there's always going to be a little mystery – to value in baseball. And, so, and, and catcher, of course, it's the biggest part of that. So then what about a position like first base where you're so dependent on other players that are throwing you the ball, where the ball is being thrown, pitchers, how they're holding guys on. If they're throwing to first, Eric Hosmer right now I know is a point of great debate because mm-hmm. defensive metrics don't love him, but 
Scott Boris, I'm sure, will say he's got gold gloves, and, and this is why he's valuable defensively. Where can we find the middle ground? Well, that, no, you're, you're, you're picking the two positions that are the most difficult yeah. because uh, Hosmer seems to get dinged for his range. But how important is his range as opposed to doing things cleanly yeah. at the position? And I think I can say, too, if I, when I'm watching Eric Hosmer, does he seem like a winner to me? Yes. Yes, he does. I've seen him do heads-up things. I've seen him be at first base and look like a good fielder. And so I'm willing to say the defensive metrics don't uh, totally reflect his game. But I'm not ignoring it. I'm not saying it's nonsense. But at the same time, I'm open to, hey, there might be something that the metrics are not quite catching with this guy. Now, at shortstop, you know, uh, we're just talking about Alan Trammell a lot. And I was trying to explain to people that when you're looking at Cal Ripken, Ozzie Smith, Alan Trammell, you're talking about a volume of work. Like the ball is hit to a shortstop a ton of times. Even at just old school assists, putouts, how many outs are you accounting for? That, I think there's a lot more truth to that because you talk, you could look at a given year and say, hey, Ozzie Smith made 100 more outs than this other shortstop, which is true, by the way. It happened. A hundred. That's big. At first base, you're never going to get that sample where you can see that enormity. So, yeah, it's trickier. And I think, look, Hosmer, Jack Morris, now Omar Vizquel, all of these guys have things that the numbers aren't quite getting. And I'm willing to listen to it. Uh, you know, I'm not as strident as I used to be. Now that we're all kind of talking in that same language, there's no more. This guy's a winner. This guy's a loser. That's the, the world I grew up in. And I, was, and I was one of the first to yell the loudest and say, this is nonsense. Okay, now that we're all acknowledging that numbers pick up an awful lot, I'm willing to say, it'll pick up everything. And, and maybe they are missing something with a guy like Hosmer. Absolutely. And, and Jack Morris and Omar Vizquel. I get it. We all think these guys are great. The numbers aren't quite there. But are the numbers missing something, or is it our perception? That, I think, is a legitimate debate. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs on sale now and feature the top promotions of 2018. Choose from the opening day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, T-shirt pack, and more. Packs start at just 48 bucks. Get yours now at cardinals.com slash packs. We will talk with Martin Coco on tickets next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Welcome back. We continue on the first 2018 edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, and we welcome Martin Coco, the Director of Ticket Sales and Marketing with the Cardinals, to the program. Happy New Year, Martin. What's going on, man? Same to you, Chris. Glad to be with you and uh, looking forward to some warm baseball weather soon. Yeah, it's going to be coming soon. Uh, winter warm-up coming in just a couple of weeks. And even though the holidays are over, still time to lock in great pricing, great seats. For the 5, 6, and 10-game packs that you guys have, I know these were really, really popular throughout the holidays. And due to popular demand, you are going to keep the offer going, aren't you? We are, yeah. We we talk a lot uh, in December about these as uh, holiday gift ideas, but we wanted to make sure everybody knew we still have uh, great packs uh, in different game varieties and a lot of great seats still available through all of these packs uh, are out there. Our single game tickets don't go on sale until February, so this right now is the best way to lock in the best games and the best promotional dates uh, at, a, at a big savings. Cardinals.com slash tickets. You can go to Cardinals.com slash tickets slash packs to see all of the 2018 packs, including the top promo giveaways and whether it's 5, 6, 
10-game packs. You're going to be able to get some of the best games, Martin, and also get some of the best giveaways, right? Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we have a good variety of five-game packs. Uh, and new for this year, those are all weekend games. So when you buy one of the five-game packs, uh, all five games are weekends. Uh, funny enough, the best seller so far among all of these packs uh, is the new six-game pack, which is uh, called the T-shirt pack. So we're introducing a new promo this year, which is one date a month is a T-shirt giveaway. And fans will be able to vote online and through our social media for what the design of that T-shirt is. Uh, each month, and we have a, a pack, a six-game pack that's one game per month that is each of those games. So you can add to your T-shirt collection and uh, refresh your your closet with some Cardinals tees. That's great because I know in the past sometimes those are theme tickets and uh, uh, an extra ticket that you need to buy, but you can get these in the pack included with your tickets to the game. That's right, and that, that six-game pack starts as low as 48 bucks, so that's $8 a game, so a very affordable option too. Five-game packs, you've got the bobblehead pack, Cubs pack, Friday, Sunday packs, and all five games in each pack are weekend games. That's really attractive, especially if folks are coming in from out of town. You know, that's one thing we try to do is make sure, uh, obviously, it works for, for local fans, but we want to make sure that we take care of the great fan base in the outer market, too. So each of those five-game packs uh, is on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and as you know, so many fans, uh, the way they choose their games, they circle the, their favorite promo dates on the calendar. So we've made sure to include a lot of those in those five-game packs. Cardinals.com, you can get the ticket packs. Check out the five-game, six-game, ten-game packs. Again, start as low as 48 bucks. The ten-game packs are great, too, because you're going to get opening day, you're going to get the final game. You're going to get weekend games. That opening day game uh, as well is is such, such a hot commodity, and you can lock in uh, your tickets to get there to not just a great game but all the festivities. That's right, yeah. When, aside from a season ticket package, uh, that opening day package is the best way to guarantee great seats for opening day. So that's one that's each year is very popular with fans, and uh, we, we expect it will be the same this year. You know, the schedule a little bit different this year in terms of every team in Major League Baseball starting on Thursday. The Cardinals are going to, uh, of course, open up in New York against the Mets. But then I'm really excited that it's a, a Thursday evening for an opening day. That's a bit of a different twist, having an evening game and, and having it on a Thursday, Martin. You know, where we got that from, Chris, is last year we had uh, opening night with uh, sure. the Cubs in town and uh, with the ESPN game. So uh, we got a lot of great feedback from fans that, uh, aside from the traditional opening day being a day game, uh, a lot of folks really liked the change of pace to make it a night game and sort of make it a full day-long celebration uh, leading into a night game. So we thought we'd try it again this year, and uh, you're right. There's, there's uh, definitely some excitement leading into it. So still time to lock in your great pricing, your seats for the 5, 6, and 10-game packs, whether it's uh, a bobblehead pack, a Cubs pack, a weekend pack for the five games, the T-shirt pack, the sixth game that is selling very, very quickly, and then the opening day pack included in those 10-game packs. Purchase now before single-game tickets go on sale for the best pricing and best seat locations. Make sure you're getting the games and the giveaways that you want. Martin Coco, Director of Ticket Sales and Marketing. We appreciate it, man. We will look forward to seeing you on a couple of weeks to warm up. That sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Make your plans to head south this winter for sunny skies. Warm beaches and Cardinals baseball packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at 1-800-892-7687 or cardinals.com slash vacations. Thank you to Martin. Plenty more to come.
in the second hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ammer. And don't go anywhere. We're back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Follow the Cardinals in style this coming season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. Sign up today and receive two free tickets, all for just $35. Order now at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash magazine. We are back. We will learn who is headed to Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame. The baseball writers vote very, very shortly, but it was great to see the two latest members of the Hall of Fame that were inducted for the modern era ballot at the winter meetings, Jack Morris and Alan Trammell. And we spoke with Morris just moments after a press conference announcing that he was getting the call to the hall. It was, I know, very emotional for you up at the podium, Jack. And I know people will continue over the next few months to ask you, has it sunk in yet? Will you ever have an answer for that question? I think so. I think so. Um, you know, I think time always makes you more comfortable wherever you are in life. Um, it, but it's been a journey. It's been 23 years since I threw a baseball. When I called my kids, I told them, I said, I must have had a pretty good year last year. <laughs> you threw a pretty good ceremonial first pitch, though. Strike right down the middle yeah, to recreate well, that shutout. You know, that's my point. I say it tongue-in-cheek. But, yeah. you know, you got to be patient. And uh, there were so many people in my corner and so many supporting people that kept giving me hope. And for me... It's more, it's quite honestly more about them that we can all celebrate it now. That, you know, my phone, I don't know how many gigabytes an Apple iPhone has, but. uh, You've used your allotment in it, so. It's all dialed in right now, and I I still am getting them. The thing's still buzzing. So I've got a lot of a lot of time in the next couple of weeks to get back at people and, and thank them. You know, obviously there are a lot of people that helped you get to this day in your life. Uh, from Little League on up, but yeah. who was the first person you thought about when you got the call that probably helped you get here? Maybe it was at a younger stage in your life. Well, I don't think any of us can not look at our parents as the biggest influence, you know, because they were there when we were the little hellions, right? I mean, they were always there. They were our guiding force and the people that molded us the most. Um, I was lucky that I had a family that. They gave me the chance to play the game, and I always took their time to let me have my time. And that continued 36 years, something like that. I had played baseball. So how do you not thank them, number one? You mentioned the baseball writers' voting process. And for you now to not just get in but be elected by peers, guys you battled against, guys that you competed against what's the significance of that well a part of me almost you know after the first couple of years on the ballot kind of sense that if i'm going to make it that's the way i'll make it but it was still difficult to go through the 15-year process and then three years off the ballot to get to this point today um time healed me time gave me peace time made me understand and i meant this and i still mean this i'll always mean this i was getting very comfortable with being okay no matter what. Um, you're hoping, but I've said it to many guys, Baseball Hall of Fame is an honor. They, they decide. You don't decide. You have to be given that honor. And there's no way that you earn it without them making that decision. So, you know, I just had to be patient and hope that uh, someday that 
they would see the same way that a lot of my friends and family have seen. Did that did that teach you patience about life having a certain Absolutely. way and made you a more whole person? Absolutely. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, and uh, that's why I say my 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 challenge now. It's not about me. It's not about Jack Morris Hall of Famer. It's about how can Jack Morris help people look at themselves and be good and help our whole society be more appreciative and more tolerant. We need that. We need that so desperately. We've got a young generation, and it's human nature to be into yourself when you're young. That's part of learning who you are. But along the way, you've got to take a breath and thank the persons that are with you to give you the, the good and the bad, the challenge. I've always said, I'm never going to surround myself with people who love me and say, yes, you're the best. The only way I ever got better was with people who said, you can be better. You need to work on this. Disagreed with my way of thinking and showed me that there's other ways to look at it. That's what made me better. And I want to be able to share that in a positive way that, hey, he's not the enemy. He has a different opinion of you. Think about his shoes. Wear his shoes. Understand where he comes from. See if there's some common ground. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs on sale now and feature the top promotions of 2018. Choose from the opening day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, T-shirt pack, and more. Packs start at just $48. Get yours now at cardinals.com slash packs. We'll head down to Memphis to visit with Craig Unger and Peter Freund for the Memphis Redbirds next as we continue on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on KMOX. Welcome back. Hour two of the program. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. After a historic season for the Memphis Redbirds, great to have time to visit with Craig Unger and Peter Freund. Unger, of course, the president and general manager and Freud, majority owner. Gentlemen, how are you? It's great to uh, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate being here. What was it like for you owning a team and you guys not only get it in Get, have an incredible regular season. You go as far as you can go. It comes down to basically one pitch where you don't win the, whole, the entire situation. What was it like for you to experience that? Uh, so, you know, honestly, and Craig and I are in this together, um, you know, from a minor league baseball standpoint, we talk about, you know, the business side and we talk about, uh, you know, the player development side is sort of the, the Cardinals' responsibility and we're doing everything else around the ballpark. But you just couldn't help as the summer went on to fall in love with this team and to follow it on a day-to-day basis like you would a major league baseball team and uh to have 97 wins and win a championship we were so we were so in that it became really just part of our daily conversation it was all we were talking about for for months and it was as fun a ride as i can remember in sports period so yeah, it was no longer about fireworks nights and promo giveaways and uh, some of the antics and stuff. It was, it was about who was pitching that night. What's, yeah. what's the lineup? You know, who's who's hitting third? Who's hitting fourth? What does the other team have? I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it was it was fun from a from a baseball fan perspective to be a part of that. For you, Craig, um, being involved in a minor league team, you mentioned uh, you surround the, the players with a lot of different things to do, and you guys have made going to a Memphis game a, a real experience where do you go from here because people now expect a good team on the field and you guys had some great promotions and you made it a fun family environment where do you go from here I 
you know, I think we just continue to build on that. And, you know, there's always there's always new things that we're looking at, always new opportunities. And I think the other part on the, on the field side, as Cardinal fans know, the pipeline is good. Yeah. You know, there are some good young players, you know, down. And, I mean, one is, you know, we were talking to Mo earlier about how when, you know, even when we were in the playoffs – a lot of the players that you were seeing in St. Louis, that was our core early mm. on. You know, we were we were playing in the playoffs with a lot of the guys who were in double A, some in single A. Um, so that's the team that really won the playoff championship because a lot of the guys were already up in St. Louis. So I think that's sort of the, you know, from a fan perspective um, is to know that, you know, you're going to have fun when you come to Memphis. There's good food. The ballpark is unbelievable. Yeah. And there's still going to be some great teams to see in the coming years. Well, and, and for both you guys, what does that say about the staff that you have in place, the on-field staff, the baseball staff, and the guys that are dealing with these players on a day-to-day basis? Because, you know, you might have someone come in and get off a bus or take a flight with a couple of connections and they're pitching the next night or they're in the lineup that night and then you lose guys at the end of the year as, as rosters expand and you're still able to make this incredible run and, and keep the baseball side of it as you know, well as we've ever seen in that franchise. Yeah, I think from a baseball, you know, from, from that baseball operations side is it's, you know, you look at, you know, Stubby and Mark Budaska, the hitting coach, and then, you know, Brian Eversgird, who's now going to be the bullpen coach in St. Louis, of what they were able to do. But I also think it, you know, when you look down at double A and single A of how these guys come through the sure. pipeline and how they're prepared, that throughout the whole system there's just this great, you know, this, this great job that all of the field staff has done and all the minor league staff has done to prepare guys so that they're ready to play. And in the end, it's about being ready to play in St. Louis and being ready to play at the big league level. And that's what we saw this year is that as guys came up, you know, Harrison Bader, Paul DeYoung, these guys were ready to play when they came up to St. Louis and, and, and made an immediate impact. And that was big. What do you hear for Stubby Clapp? Just it, a perfect fit. It was a perfect fit. And, you know, when he came to when he came back to Memphis, it was truly, you know, from a business standpoint, it was a gift to us because he was so popular. He's such a humble, wonderful guy, and he's such a great ambassador for our club. Uh, and there were a lot of initiatives that we had this year, whether it was a rebranding, whether it was bringing Rendezvous Barbecue, a very popular local barbecue you know, place, back into the ballpark. And bringing Stubby was sort of the penultimate experience for everybody. But what it came down to was that Stubby was the guy who was the, you know, the, the in-clubhouse guy who was able to steward all of these kids through. And it was 60-plus players that came 62. through. 62. 62 wow, players that came through you, Memphis. You guys are giving out a lot of rings this year at the ceremony. <laughs> and, and, and we are. Uh, there's going to be a ring ceremony in Palm Beach, and that's actually, you know, if you're going to transition to that, what it really came down to in the end was in minor league baseball, you're supposed to be focused on the promotions and the fan experience and everything else that, you know, makes it a fam family-friendly, affordable experience. But it, by the end, came down to we wanted that ring, and we really wanted it badly. And it was something that, you know, we are going to be incredibly proud to hand out in, in Palm Beach this spring training. And I think the players want it, too. You know, oh, they, 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 they oh. you, you know, you have, you know, all season, your, your goal is to make it to the big leagues. And then you start to reach a point in the season where it's like, we have something special here. And you talk about, you know, the 97 total wins that, that the team had throughout the playoffs and stuff. That's an amazing number when you think about the season is only 140 games long. So, I mean, it's, they, they, they really became that this became, we want to win. And every night they expected to go out and win. You saw the celebration pictures. They weren't going through the motions. No. They were fired up. And, and I'll tell you, you know, just having watched it firsthand, this was a team that never, uh, that never died. So we could be down three, four runs, and you would feel confident as a fan. And 
if we've all you know followed championship clubs, whether whatever sport it is, there are certain clubs that just resonate, and you feel like there's always going to be uh, that it's always going to turn out with a win. And this was this group. You never felt until the last pitch of the game that they were going to lose a game, and that's how they that's how they did it. One of the things that I've noticed with the Cardinals in the time the times that they won here recently, the, the, a lot of the guys who were homegrown had won before in the minors. And when you look at all of these guys, now they've got the bug. Now they've got a taste of it. They know what it takes when they get to the big leagues to be able to win on that level, too. That That's such an advantage for young players when they can win in a minor league level and for them to win in AAA especially because they know the next step is the big leagues. Yeah, 2009, Memphis Redbirds win a championship with John Jay, yep. Dan Descalzo, David Freeze is on that team. And what does that turn into? That turns into the core of 2011. You know, Alan Craig and those guys are on that team. And I think that, you know, that's something that, that the Cardinal organization has been big on is that these guys learn to win. And learn to win in the case that, you know, we had this year in a high-pressure situation. You know, you're going to El Paso up 2-0 and you force a game five, a deciding game five. It's only a five-game series. All the pressure's on, and they performed. And that is an experience that now that they can take with them up to the big leagues, and the players that they're going to see in El Paso are the same ones that they're going to see on a major league mound someplace. And now, and now there's confidence, knowing that we can win every game. And as Peter said, they go into every game, no matter what the score was, we're going to win. Down six in the ninth, no big deal. We'll score seven. Peter Freund and Craig Unger are with us. Some of the relationship with the city, and not just the – Grizzlies and the University of Memphis and, and Rhodes, but the businesses, you know, FedEx, International Paper, the, the support and, and the way that city operates, I know that everyone gets each other's backs. And, and we've seen it with some Grizzlies playoff runs recently as well. What was it like to um, experience that? What's it been like for you, Peter, to experience that during your time with the club? Yeah, so, I mean, two years ago when I first got to Memphis, uh, that community embraced me with open arms. Uh, I know, you know, Craig lives there with his family, raising his children there. It's been a very special place. Um, so, from uh, local businesses like you, like you discussed, from the auto zones um, to uh, to the to the mayor and to the government there. Yeah, but forgot really, auto zone. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But 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 ultimately, you know, part of our mission is really to give back to the community. And as much as we can give back, they give to us. So that's really, you know, at the core of it. And, again, we've been talking about, you know, winning a championship and, and on the on-field stuff. But at the core of it, whether it's the Redbirds Community Fund, the RBI uh, program that we host, and just everything we do in and around that community, that's what connects us with those local businesses, with our fan base. Um, and it's been – it's a very special place to operate. Craig, you, you and I have known each other for a number of years, and – watching you grow in the radio business and transition into the baseball business. What, what, what's it been like for you? Because you picked up, you were with the Cardinals in St. Louis, and you picked up and moved your family to Memphis. I don't know how much you spent, how much time you spent there. But not only to move there and now be part of the, 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 the true fabric of what Memphis is all about, what's it been like for you to be able to do that and watch everything grow, including your family? Uh, it's been it's been an amazing experience the past you know the past couple of years of you know being involved with Memphis and then when Peter came on board um, you know and took over the team and really kind of elevated you know what we were what our mission was there um, it, it's been a lot of fun I, I mean I, I look back at my time in St. Louis and on the radio and on you know with the Cardinals but this of being able to really take something and grow it and mold it 
and put it into a direction where we really think, you know, sky's the limit of what we can do. Um, and that plays into Memphis as well as we, you know, how highly we think of the city and the people there um, and what we're going to be able to accomplish there. It's, it's, it's really exciting. So, so what's next and, and what can fans look forward to outside of just a product on the field? I know last year when we were there at the beginning of the year, people were going bonkers for the, uh, the great new apparel and the new logo. You couldn't keep it on the shelf. Uh, I know the ballpark, uh, you guys continue to find ways to make it better and better. It's absolutely beautiful. And, you know, if folks haven't been down to Memphis and made the trip to see a game and, and spent the weekend, what kind of things can they look forward to uh, as we get closer and closer to next year coming? Well, the way, you know, the way we look at AutoZone Park is it's this jewel right in the center of downtown Memphis. We've got Beale Street running between us, the FedEx Forum. I lived in Fielder Square right behind it. Exactly. So there you go. So, so, so for us, it's continuing to improve the facility and to make it known that this is, you know, this is an incredibly special stadium. Uh, so we built a, a rooftop garden with the help of miracle Grow Corporation, and, and it's the only urban, you know, rooftop garden in minor league baseball. Um, it's growing for our entire suite level, whether it's basil, whether it's tomatoes. Um, so it's things like that that we can do for education groups and school groups that come through. But we're looking at, I mean, we spent the la- this entire offseason looking at, you know, where our next improvements are going to be, what we're going to continue to do to the ballpark. My sort of mantra, um, and it's been this way, whether it's in Charleston, whether it's in Williamsport and, and here in Memphis, is we are going to give something new for the fan experience every single year. And that's guaranteed. Well, I'm going to be there for the winter warm. I mean, for the Cardinal Caravan. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys down there. And uh, it's one of my favorite places to go to anyway. And now I'm going to the home of a champion. I'm digging that already. You, champion you can, Memphis Redbirds. And we're going, to eat, we're going to have some good food while you're down there. Never been to Memphis where I didn't have a good meal. So I'm <laughs> expecting that to stay you're always consistent. Going to have, you're always going to have a good meal. But we can't wait to raise that flag. That's going to be something really special. There. That's, That's going to be, awesome. be so cool. And. You said you're, you are doing the ring ceremony in Palm Beach? Yeah, we do it during spring so, training. They present yeah. them all. Gosh, will you do so it again cool. in Memphis as well? Yeah, yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah, so, I mean, for our staff, uh, just to shout out to them, you know, all of, all of Craig and my vision, they're the ones that have implemented it. They're the ones who have, who have made it all possible. And, you know, as special as it's going to be in Palm Beach to see those players who work so hard get those rings, when we have a ceremony for our staff in Memphis, um, it's going to be equally as special because, you know, they've worked, they've worked their butt off this year. So, Well, guys, congratulations again on everything. Just an incredible year. Look forward to even bigger and better. No pressure. We we'll appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks guys. The Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up will be Saturday, January 13th through Monday, January 15th. Purchase winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets at cardinals.com slash WWU. Back to wrap things up in a moment on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on KMOX. Before we get out of here, let's tell you about the 2018 Cardinals official calendar. It spotlights the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to your favorite Cardinals birthdays. On sale now throughout Metro St. Louis, notably the Bush Stadium Team Store, Cardinals Clubhouse Shops, and Area Grocers, or call 314-345-9000. We'll also give a calendar away right now to the fifth caller at 314-531-1120. Thank you to all of our guests tonight. John Rooney who joined us in studio for the 7 o'clock hour. Rick Hummel, the Hall of Famer, the Commish, Brian Kenny, Martin Coco, Hall of Famer Jack Morris, and Craig Unger and Peter Freund 
of the Memphis Redbirds. Thank you to my co-host, Mike Claiborne, also our executive producer, Ben Boyd, and our producer tonight in our Cardinals Network Studios, Mike Anderson. We're getting closer to the winter warm-up, the Cardinals caravans, the baseball writers' dinner, and the Cardinals reporting to Jupiter for spring training. We'll talk to you next week. Who knows what the next seven days have in store until we talk next. Chris Raby saying, have a wonderful rest of your night. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.